Have you ever felt like you were doing all the right things for all the wrong reasons? Now, the reason I even started my financial firm and even this podcast, Financial Advisor, Say the Darndest Thing, was because hey, I'm sitting in front of widows and there's people literally knocking at my door like, hey, you know, we have another client in the office or, you know, someone wants to invest a million dollars. Can you kind of wrap this up? It didn't make me feel good. Because here in front of me, I have a widow who just lost her husband, who can barely open up the envelope with his name on it because it just reminds her of who he was, what he did. Because the husband was usually the one who would come into the office and handle the finances. And this was really her first time understanding what was going on. And it's tough. It's tough to see someone in that emotional state and then someone's banging down your door for profit for someone who may be able to make the bank more money or whatever it may be. And it was tough. You know, I started to have these type of internal feelings that something needs to change, right? When I'm comforting them with scripture, I had to hide those sources because just the fact that I would mention the Bible maybe an HR issue, a human resource issue. So I was comforting them and I was trying to pour into them the knowledge that I had known. And deep down, I felt like, why am I being ashamed? Why should I be ashamed? Because these individuals could come into the office. They can get the word of God. But when they left, I left them empty handed. And it was uncomfortable for me. So after I left, I decided, listen, I'm not going to hide these sources anymore. I'm not going to hide who I am and what I believe and some of the thoughts that I had around the word of God and how it integrated with finances as a whole. Now, after several years, we started back in 2020 is nearly four years now. And with more success, the worse I started to feel, I was waking up to check my YouTube stats. I was waking up to see my statistics. I was waking up to see my marketing, my advertising, and, and all those things that come with establishing a business. Unfortunately, the goal, which was to spend more time with God, almost got separated, which is kind of ironic because I own a Christian investment firm. Now, there are mechanics that are separate from God. And what I mean by separate is that when you're looking at your stats, that's not necessarily the word of God. We may have a lecture, we may have a presentation about God, but the setup doesn't necessarily have God in it. So when you are putting together these presentations, when you're going over the recording, when you're going over the editing, when you're going over all these different components, trying to make sure that you present the best possible outcome, it can kind of distance yourself. And they say comparison is a thief of joy, but what if it's to yourself? So what I was finding out was that with the increase of success, you know, hundreds and sometimes even thousands of people subscribing to our podcast, subscribing to our YouTube channel, I started to figure out that I was comparing myself to when I first started and the growth that I was having and the speed in which I was obtaining that goal. And that can bear a lot of weight on an individual, especially when they feel like their initial aspirations 
were slowly fading away. It's almost as if you're losing yourself for the gain of this world. And we teach this in finance all the time that anything above your living expenses or your necessities, that's food, water, and shelter is strictly for status. You know, what type of clothes that you wear, what kind of house that you live in, all that is above and beyond what your necessities are. And it can stimulate recognition or it can stimulate jealousy because other people may be ahead of you in that field. But are they truly ahead of you? And I start to realize that they're not. They're not ahead of you. No matter if you make $30,000 a year, 300000 or a million, there's always someone who makes more money than you. I read an article about Jeff Bezos that he makes something like $7.9 million every 13 minutes or something like that. Something ridiculous. So what are we striving for? Are we striving to accumulate the most stuff in this world? Or are we striving to compete with each other on doing good? Are we striving to do the good of God and allowing the chips to fall where they may, where each of us have our own goal that we need to obtain? And with that, with that type of success, with that type of mind frame, we still get feedback from individuals like, hey, it seems like you're selling God or God is not a prosperity gospel or you're only selling money or you're only trying to get profit. And I have to clarify a lot of those things because I create financial plans. That's what I do. That's what I'm trained to do. I'm a certified private wealth advisor, professional. That's what I do. I have my master's of business administration and finance. All that type of education is great. It's great for the quality and the value that I deliver for my financial plans. But I have to reiterate over and over again that God is free. You don't have to come to me to get the glory of God. All you need to do is pick up your Bible and read. See me, I'm just a messenger. All I do is provide you with the information that I wasn't able to give during those meetings when I was first thinking about starting my firm, when I was sitting with that widow. Now I have an opportunity to guide you to that direction that has stimulated growth in me inside and outside of the company. But during that process, what I've noticed is that I started to become unrelatable. Because I was talking about snowball techniques, asset allocation, backdoor IRAs. We were talking about equities and fixed incomes. And a lot of this terminology was going over people's heads. And what was happening, I was forgetting my audience. I was forgetting you. I was forgetting who I was talking to. In the Bible, it says you can't serve two masters. So one, I was trying to help individuals to gain a better idea of what finances truly was. And on the other hand, I was trying to prove myself as a legitimate financial advisor amongst my peers who was worthy of recognition. Now, there's a saying, I'm here for the rewards, not for the awards. And I was. I purified my intentions. I didn't really care who was doing what. But at the same time, internally, I was trying to validate who I was and what I knew. And it got to the point where I thought, is this worth it? Do I want to quit? Do I keep going the way that I'm going? Do I copy what other people are doing for, for their success? And it was uncomfortable. And probably you too, going through your financial journey, have gone through the same thing. Or Johnny's making $200,000. Why am I not making $200,000? Is there something wrong with me? And I had a conversation with my son the other day about value. Um, he's recently trying to get into high school. 
had to let him know that this is the beginning of a time where the world is going to try to qualify you for respect. Have you ever met someone? They say, how do you do? And what's the next question? What do you do? For some reason, we draw this one piece of information and we generalize who that person is. You're a basketball player, a professional basketball player. Let's give you glory. You're an actor or an actress. Let's glorify you and, and put you up on a pedestal. But when do we start seeing the individual for who they are, for being a good person? I think George Orwell says that after 20 years old, no one cares about if you're a good person. So what did I do? I start to dive into the Bible as I always do. I came across 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to read it to you because I think it's very important that I dive into the word and not try to change the power in these words. You can actually follow along if you wish. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. You know, we never use flattery, nor did we put our masks to cover up greed. And God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children amongst you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we care for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work day and night in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. You were witnesses, and so was God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were amongst you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as fathers deal with their own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. You see, brothers and sisters, my mission is to teach you about finances. You're on your own financial journey. But one thing that I did and I encourage you to do is actually come with pure intentions. And I want you to set faith-based goals. Don't just make money for the sake of money. That's not what we're here for. There is tons of financial information out there that can teach you about compound interest. It can tell you about reinvesting your dividends. It can tell you about how to build generational wealth, how to establish your wills and your trust. But the faith-based goals are different than just the accumulation of wealth. As I said before, we shouldn't try to rush to accumulate things, but we should set up competitions to seek out the greatest good. We have to set our priorities. When we wake up in the morning, you can't be like me, running to YouTube to check your stats or your other metrics to determine, quote unquote, your self-worth in this world of business. See me, I had to take a step back and figure out what was my priority. Now, when I wake up, the first thing on my mind is prayer to thank God for even waking me up this morning, because if I don't wake up, I can't do anything else. I can't 
balance a checkbook. I can't go over my budget. I can't figure out what I'm going to do with my family if I don't wake up first. So why not start your day by thanking the person that gave you another opportunity to either do more in your life or correct the mistakes that you felt you made before you went to sleep and to give yourself some grace. Many times we persecute ourselves because we're in our 40s or our 50s and 60s and we haven't gotten our financial lives together yet. We think that we're behind. But as we look at technology, if we look at social media, it has become like our God. Instead of focusing on God himself, we're focusing on the success of others on the Internet and thinking we have to be that. But we don't. God has set our own goals And with his help, he's going to bring people with you that are going to help you, guide you in the right direction. So as we wrap up, I just want to say when I started this channel, I had pure intentions, just like Paul. I just want to spread the gospel and the beauty of finances and let people know that finances is not evil. Have you heard that before? For the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is the second most talked about topic in the Bible. Yet we can only quote one or two verses about money and they're bad. Did you know that gold is actually mentioned in the second chapter of Genesis and God says gold is good. He said the gold of that land is good. Now out of the many books of the Bibles and thousands and thousands of words in the very second chapter, God talks about money. Now there's one more thing I want you to know. I don't want you to stop everything that you're doing. I don't want you to binge watch every video of mine and try to figure out how to manage your finances. I don't want you to do that. The most blessed of deeds in the sign of God are those that are done consistently and regularly, even if they're small. So just start with one video. Maybe next week, pick up another one. Maybe go talk to a financial advisor. Maybe schedule an appointment with me. Whatever those choices are, take baby steps. Make sure that it's manageable or you will burn out. And also, Never let anyone sell you God. God is not for sale. There is no prices for these scriptures. There's no price to do any of the things that we talk about here. The only thing that you're going to pay for is a financial plan and the time and the value that brings to your life. The inspiration, the perseverance, the integrity, the honesty, all those great qualities that you are going to develop by having a financial plan that is geared toward God is worth way more than anything that you can buy. So going forward, I'm going to change this channel just a little bit. I'm going to change my podcast just a little bit. So going forward, we're going to give more real life situations, stories and scenarios on how money works in our lives instead of just cheap hacks. What does it mean to draw up a will to have a power of attorney, to have a medical proxy. What does that mean in the lives of those who are ready to transition to the other world that want to provide for their children, who wants to get out of debt? What does that mean? What does that look like? That's Those are the questions that we want to answer going forward. Not necessarily how to do a backdoor Roth IRA. That is the technical aspect. We need to focus on the transformative nature of finances in the word of God, because if we are stressed about finances, it takes our attention away from God. It's very hard to pray, to be focused when you're worried about if you're going to have a place to live 
or if you're going to have enough money for your children going forward. If you need help, be open, be vulnerable. I had to do the same thing. I had to relinquish what I thought was success, relinquish what I thought was doing the right thing because I felt like I was doing the right thing for all the wrong reasons. And I don't want that to happen to you. If you have any questions or concerns, my name is A.B. Ridgeway. I'm the host of Financial Advisors. Say the darndest things in my mom's favorite Christian financial advisor. Until next time, I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah One Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah One Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become AB Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Thing podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.